Welcome to the I'm a Health Visitor podcast. We want to help health visitors stay up to date, so we're here to give evidence-based information and insight into relevant practice issues. We're currently supported by the CPHVA Education Development Trust, McQueen Bursary. Hello, it's Jenny here. And it's Amy here. How are you doing, Amy, love? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, doing good. Cool. How about you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So we're doing this episode because you've been a busy lady, haven't you? (laughs) Yes, exciting times for me. Um, Yeah, so I've just been accepted to start a PhD with the University of Southampton. So I'm going to be starting that soon. Um, in I'm literally so excited. I know, I'm so excited. So, oh, I'm so excited for you because this has been something which I think ever since I've known you has been something <laughs> you've kind of been talking about, been yeah. wanting to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, it's, it, we rightly have thought it would be a good idea to do an episode um, just sort of explaining mm. what to do. Because, I mean, surely you're not the only health visitor mad enough to want to do a PhD. Well, exactly. Yeah, I can't be the only one that's, you know, completely mad. Um, I think it's really about how <laughs> interested you are in research. And I'm certainly not the only health visitor to be interested in research. Um, but if you're sitting there Definitely thinking not. you're quite like an academic health visitor, you're quite interested in the research base, um, you enjoy reading literature, you enjoy synthesising stu- like different studies, um, then really academia is a great addition to your portfolio well, as a health visitor and it blends beautifully with health visiting because we are giving evidence-based advice all the time um so yeah it's always been something I've yeah. been interested in and I think there will be definitely other people I did see a thread as well on the um professional forum about this recently oh. about people who were interested in um PhD study yeah well to be fair guys like me who still are a bit nervous of delving deep into research rely on guys like you to to sort of synthesize that knowledge and bring it to us in manageable forms so uh yeah i think that's uh people like me who enjoy the diving into the research rely on people like you to bring us sensible and (laughs) real life experience (laughs) Um, but yeah i think it's it's up to it takes all sorts doesn't it in health visiting and certainly for me i wouldn't want to do a fully academic career um that's not what i want to where i want to be in the long term um but i've recently in the last 12 months learned the term clinical academia which i don't know whether you've ever heard of that before oh no i don't think i do well when i heard about it i mean it makes sense though it's like yeah to me clinical academia is academic work ensuring that it's got a clinical basis and a clinical use i suppose um yeah it's 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 the term basically means an academic who is also clinically active so somebody who has a blended career of doing some clinical work and some academic work so you might work two days a week as a health visitor and two days a week as a researcher lecturer academic so you're doing both at the same same time um and that 
to, to me, when I read that was a possibility, that that was a thing that I could do in my career, I was literally like, yes, this is me. This is definitely where I want to be. That is what I want to do. <laughs> because I just miss the evidence base when I'm in practice and when I'm in academia. Like yeah. When I was at uni and everything studying, I was really missing the getting out there and doing more of the health visiting. So I think yeah. I want both in my life. So if you're a health visitor out there who's thinking, wow, that sounds really good. I'd love that. Um, then that's the thing that you can do. That's definitely a thing you can do. Excellent. And we need more Excellent. health visitors in academia massively. We really, really do. Yeah. So how, how did this opportunity come up for you, Amy? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, um, we were actually approached by a listener to the podcast. Hello. And she said that she was um, wanted some advice on not this PhD that I've applied for, but a separate project, a research project she was involved with and wanted us to basically one uh-huh. of us two to offer some advice and guidance from a health visiting perspective because they were going to be doing some qualitative research we're looking at working with mums particularly yeah. um, and they wanted some help in writing interview questions and things like that um, okay. and I was like yes please and she'd said <laughs> you know there's the opportunity to perhaps co-author papers and things like that and I was very very excited about this Jenny wasn't I Oh, yes. So I immediately messaged Jenny, even though we were both on holiday at the time, or I was on holiday, and I was like, Jenny, this person's emailed us. Can I reply, please? I really want to do it. Yes. (laughs) I I was a bit confused why you asked for permission to reply. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's not like a joint bank account. You don't need my signature (laughs) to be able to go ahead and do these things. I do, I do, Jenny. You're my podcast wife. I can't do it without you. Um, So, yeah, so I contacted her and said, yes, please, where do I sign? I could not be more keen on this idea. Um, And she called me and we were just chatting and she happened to mention that there was a PhD open and I got very excited and then it all just kind of went from there, really. I was going to say, I think, I think it was, I think she picked up, must have picked up on your keenness. Yes. Um, which I wasn't I don't hiding think, it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think you really did anything to hide it at all. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Was it, was it a phone call or a Zoom call? Because if Zoom. it was a Zoom call, I'm half imagining you putting up a sign going, take me, me, me take me, me now. Me, me, please. Me, yeah. please. Literally. My husband, um, <laughs> has got a PhD so he kind of knows the academic world a little bit better than I do and I said to him is there any downside of me just seeming super keen and he was like no yeah I was sort of like do I need to like play this down in some way you know do I need to pretend to be less keen than I am and he was like no no just be keen if you're keen I was like well you're gonna get full keen in that case so I really was projecting. I, I love how you it, you you kind of you you muddled up discussing with someone of doing a PhD, dating, didn't you? It's dating <laughs> where you're meant to be less keen, play a bit hard to get, don't quite show them you're interested. 
with this sort of thing, I think it's fine to go all out. Hello. <laughs> well, that's actually hilarious. I'm very sure that she listens to this podcast, so she's going to be listening to that. So if you're listening, hello, meeting your supervisor is a little bit like dating, I think, perhaps. It has some similarities. <laughs> so anyway, so she said there was a PhD she was um, going to be supervising. It's advertised at the minute, you know, invited me to have a look at it sent me the um overview for the phd and what you know this the outline for what was planned to be researched and i just thought it was yeah. so exciting and so interesting so i was hooked basically oh yeah well because it's that thing where you'd kind of yeah you'd had all the excited messages going oh my word can i please contact them yeah and i felt i feel like your mum i was like well, <laughs> Yes, of course you can. Go for it. Go for it. And then next thing I know, you're there, like, pinging me a message going, oh, my God, <laughs> they've got a PhD space. I could do a PhD. And because the first thing I thought was, oh, but you've not got a master's. And because... Exactly. It's like it's that thing I mentioned to you because I was always like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be the... Uh, I don't want to be the lead balloon here or anything. No. But, um... Surely, yeah. Well, I said <laughs> not that exact being a, thing. a job's worth. There's levels you have to reach. You know? Exactly right. Now, um, I said that exact thing when um, I was first having this initial conversation with her. I said, you know, you might not be aware, um, but I don't actually have my masters yet because you and I both did the postgraduate diploma in specialist communities, yes. public health nursing, didn't we? So yeah. our skiff and we did postgrad. Um, and as anyone who's done that or is doing that at the moment will know, essentially what you need to do is the top up module to take that from a postgraduate diploma into a full master's. So you're studying it yes. at master's level. So all your work is marked at master's level um, and you get master's level credits Um you know, in terms of your academic credits for each module that you do. But to, to make it a full master's, it has to be, um, you have to have a research module as well, like a dissertation module. And that can be a literature yeah. review or it can be a piece of primary research. Um, and that has to be conducted usually with the same university that you did your skiffin with um, because they yeah. will essentially hold that place open to you to say you have to top up from your PG dip to a master's within five years or three years or whatever their kind of stipulation is yeah um and if you come back within that time you just have to pay for the research module you don't have to pay for the full masters and um it's, it's just that one module so you can do it fairly quickly in a few months rather than mm. a full year for a master's um so that was always my goal was to do the master's first um but she said oh yeah. no you don't have to have a master's to apply for a phd and I was very Amazing. surprised. And she it's, said, and anyway, your clinical yeah. experience would far, you know, would make up for that, for the fact that you don't have the master's. Um, oh, wow. So if there's anyone here listening, thinking, oh, I'd love to apply for a PhD, but I don't have a master's. You don't need a master's, actually. You really don't need a master's. You need to be able to evidence that you have a degree of academic competence. You, you're able to read and appraise literature you need to be you need to know the academic skills that you get from a master's but if you've done a postgraduate diploma you've got those skills and you've got master's level credits so you've got a strong yeah you've got a strong um 
application there and then your clinical experience really does weigh in because this isn't um maths or physics we're talking about you know this is a very practical subject in healthcare your clinical experience matters that's amazing um and it's it's one of those things when you say when you say it like that it's so obvious that yes of course this all matters but it's actually such a kind of so different to what you hear in so many other fields that they're actually saying well no of course your clinical experience is important here and valuable um And it's something which I know, I know from my own practice of how I've taken this very rambling, I mean, I did the Project 2000 diploma level nurse training mm. and topped up doing my degree in modules. Mm. I did my, um, my skipping um, part time. Mm. So I know my own method, it's funny, I was re- reflecting on this earlier and I know my method of learning is very much, I'm very much a tortoise, you know, I having that time to go mm. over stuff you know doing right. it part-time doing the skipping part-time so I was only doing one module per term apart from where there was a bit of a, a sort of a crossover with exams and yeah. things that worked for me I could I could manage that and yes it was partly because I was a mum by that point I had family yeah but actually I think just for myself and learn yeah you know, it, it yeah it gives you time it, to consolidate it suited that my method processing. of learning yeah yeah, and you can do um, PhDs part time as well. So, I've chosen to do mine full time, um, which is a three uh-huh. year course. Um, wow! You can do um, PhDs part time, and then obviously they're spread over a longer period. Um, it is a lengthy yeah. undertaking, so it's not something anyone should enter into lightly. Yes. Obviously. Um, but if it's something you're interested in, if you're interested in no. research, and you're looking for perhaps a slightly different um I mean for me it works right now because I've got a young child and it works yeah. well it's very flexible PhD learning is very flexible so it's, it's you can fit it around other yeah. commitments um so if you've got caring responsibilities uh-huh. or you're finding things quite difficult to manage um on a day-to-day basis in health visiting um it might be an opportunity to look at a slightly different route um while still progressing your career and then you can always go back and do some health visiting so I'm hoping to do some bank health visiting and some agency health visiting alongside my PhD um which there's lots of clinical academics in the department who have been really supportive of that idea so that's good you know able to kind of allow me some space and time to be able to do that um just to keep my clinical skills up and my confidence and my my pin number yeah. apart from anything else yes so so what did the I mean so I mean two things I'm thinking of that I'd like to know from you one about the actual sort of application process what you had to have in yeah. place is it just like a regular application form or were there mm-hmm. additional things you had to mm-hmm. had to get to um, put into it it's a regular application form so um, in terms of where you find the opportunities, there's it depends what you're looking for, really. If you're looking to go into a clinical academic career and you think this is going to be the future for you, there's I'm going to put a link in the show notes to um, a fellowship scheme with the National Institute of Health Research. 
Um, it's very competitive. So it is quite challenging to actually get accepted onto. Um, but there is a very clear route there for going through from master's to PhD to postdoctoral research. Um, and alongside that, the whole route through, you would be also working clinically at the same time. So okay. um, in order to apply for those fellowships, you have to have a current permanent um role in the nhs as a clinician and then you right. would you would move to a part-time phd part-time clinical role so i'll link to that for anyone who's interested in looking into that and they do take you know across yeah. the country um that's one option that's one route to do it if you were for example like for me i couldn't apply for that fellowship because i'm not currently employed by an nhs trust so i didn't actually hold a yeah. clinical role and my concern in the current stage of life that i'm living in was to be able to balance a clinical caseload alongside a phd alongside a young family is actually quite a lot and i was concerned that yeah. i couldn't do that at this stage in my life so if you're listening thinking yeah that sounds more like me um you might be better off looking on there's websites like findaphd.com i think it is dot com um, but i'll link it again in the show notes you can search for topics that you're interested in on there and that is basically a website where academics advertise phd's that they have funding for so the way phd funding work is works is the university um applies for funding from a funding body like uh, healthcare research funding and yeah that funding is to pay a studentship for a phd student typically right and you so you receive that as as if it's wages almost for you oh, to wow. complete the phd to complete that piece of research and then they only have one for that research topic so one phd one yeah. person they employ one person to do that piece of to undertake that piece of research for them in that time <clears throat> and it is slightly different from a salary in the sense that my so mine is a studentship rather than a salary so the difference is you don't get things like like um maternity leave and you don't get some of those other benefits that you get with a salaried pay right and because in how Fun. It's um, tax free as well. Studentships. Okay, so so you don't have to pay tax on it, but also I'm guessing you're not putting in national insurance. Yeah, you don't you don't do the some of the extras that you would with a salary. You don't get, um, okay. but you don't have to pay tax on it. So there's a there's a okay. swings and balances. And for us for a full time health visitor, it would be a pay cut for sure to do it right. to do a PhD. That's what I, that's the other thing I was wondering was about mm. how. Um, how how well funded because i know for a lot of guys it is that thing where funding is a massive barrier Absolutely to them being is. able to do access these and you know if that's if that's you then perhaps looking at the clinical academic route might be a different way of doing it as well or looking at supplementing it perhaps doing a part-time phd um and supplementing it with bank work or or agency work um but yeah if academia is what you're interested in, findaphd.com is a good start. Um, the other thing you can do is contact your local postgraduate teams or research teams 
in your local universities and see what they're interested in and what they're researching at the moment you know you can um if you've got a topic so there's two ways of approaching it you can either approach the university see what they're researching and see if there's anything there that ticks your boxes in terms of your interests and then contact that lecturer or that researcher or that professor directly and say hi I'm a practicing health visitor I'm looking at going into academia do you have any PhD um, funding available do you have any opportunities that are upcoming that you could make me aware of Um, I'm really interested in this area and I see that that's something you've done some research in so would you be able to kind of hook me up with any um, upcoming projects and they'll be aware of anything that's in the pipeline in that topic area the other way to do it is to find something that you're interested in do a bit of reading on it so (laughs) I always this is not a good way of doing it (laughs) I'm sure I'm gonna be like (laughs) hung drawn and quartered in academia (laughs) for this but I love Google Scholar (laughs) right (laughs) Um, which is a search engine that searches research papers so it's not like a database search you know like a proper database search if you were doing proper academic literature review you'd have to use proper databases this is more of a kind of quick and easy google search literally so you could do a google search on the topic you're interested in see what's been published in say the last five years and then look at where in the uk that research is being done and then contact them and say, yeah. I'm really interested. Have you got any? I'll have a look on their website. Have they got any opportunities available at the moment? So it's being proactive, really, I think, if, if this is something you want to do. To yeah. find the opportunities, because they're not always massively well advertised. Does that answer well, your question about, oh, the actual application process? That's what you asked me, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. sorry. It was, you've... <laughs> I went off on such a massive tangent there, sorry. Um, the actual application process is literally an application form. You have to upload a CV and a personal statement. That was the lengthiest, most difficult bit. Um, and the rest of it is just, you know, your standard application form. Yeah, because I'm guessing... Online. Yeah, because I should think it's that thing of trying to make sure your personal statement mm. highlights everything. It's that thing of, yeah, you can't ever write one personal statement and use it for everything, can you? So I'm guessing you had to... But tailor your personal statement towards academia and your love of research. Yeah. Um, But I mean, if you've had any um, publications, if you've had any involvement in research um, and your clinical stuff is relevant as well, especially if you've got clinical experience in the area of the PhD. Yeah. So you can talk about that. Brilliant. Um, But contact, if if there's one you're looking at doing reach out to the supervisors in advance i'd say is a really like the supervisors were amazing on on mine and they were so supportive and so helpful um so i would encourage anyone to do that lovely and with regard to references i mean because i know Mm -hmm. normally it'd be like a former employer someone who knows you did you have to have like an academic reference as well it didn't stipulate that I don't think um but I contacted um the course lead for our postgraduate skiffin course and asked her if she would be a reference for me and she very kindly said she would um so if you do have that contact of someone who's likely to remember you then 
that would be a good person. And then also your most recent employer, which was just, for me, was my line manager from Health Visity. Yeah. Brilliant. Cool. Well, so what's next? I mean, because you've got the, you've got the place, you've been successful. And yeah. so, so what happens? Is there a, a nice little amount of money dropping into your bank account and then an email going, right, start work? Or how does it work <laughs> from there? Well, I mean, that's kind of up to you and it would be different depending on different universities and different stipends, studentships, you know, how it, how it's different for different people. Um, typically, PhD research, they have a funding and they have a set amount of time that that piece of research has to be done in to satisfy the funding conditions. So in my case, this they've got an amount of money to pay for this piece of research to be done, and that includes studentship for a PhD person, um, which is me, obviously. Um, and they have five yeah. years to complete that piece of research in. So if I was to not manage it within the three years, there is overflow time there. Um, And that will be different depending on different universities and different research projects and different funding conditions. Um, So that's all kind of dependent on you. Well, that's the other thing I'm thinking is um, for some guys, they may feel that they have to apply to universities that geographically they're quite close to. Yeah, that's a good point. But that's not a barrier, is it, um, no. from what you've said? And, no. oh, I know where you're studying. You, you possibly couldn't have gone further away Literally. in England from where you live. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's only two hours' drive from where I live. But, I mean, you know, that's not commutable, oh, is okay. it? Let's be realistic. So, um, <laughs> um, But I think what I found was that in the interview, they did ask me about that. Um, and I replied that I'd looked up, there is a direct train, if I needed to get it, I could, Um, and also that I've spoken to the supervisors, and they are happy for me to do mostly remote learning, and with, you know, the opportunity to come down as and when I need to, and I think that really opens up opportunities that we wouldn't previously have had available to us, um no and actually if there's one thing we've learned over the last 18 months is that we can do a lot of things remotely that we didn't think were possible to do remotely so exactly exactly very true so yeah don't limit yourself to just the universities on your doorstep that might be a place to start perhaps um but you don't have to limit yourself to that find a topic you're interested in find supervisors that you like and get on with um and go for it i mean go for it isn't it there's never a never also so one thing is if you get on well with the supervisors and with the research team and this is something you're really serious about doing then they know they'll be keen to have your clinical skills and they'll be keen to have you on board so they will be able to keep their eyes peeled for other opportunities that might fit the bill as well and if there's a particular area of research you're really interested in and they don't have an open opportunity at the moment maybe that's a bid that they could put in for you and you can support them like they could support you to put in um to apply for funding to do that piece of research so i think it's really about making links and trying to let people know that you're interested 
Excellent. Cool. So we'll see. I'll oh, revisit well, it with you and let you know how I'm getting on <laughs> as we go through. And yeah. I hope that's useful for some people. Yeah, it's like the first in a continuing series. <laughs> um, by the end of it, I'll be going, don't do a PhD. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything but the PhD. <laughs> don't do it. Get out. Save yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so make the most of this episode for the uh, 18 months or so that it will be available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make the most of the upbeat and sunny attitude that I currently have. <laughs> Let long me continue. In the meantime, uh, you can find us on Instagram at I am a HV or on Twitter also I am a I am a HV. Um, we are on Facebook I am a health visitor or you can email us I am a health visitor at gmail dot com, and don't forget as well. Um, yeah, if you're needing to get some CPD covered before mm-hmm. making an application for a, a, a PhD. You can always email us um, with a reflection form you can download from the NMC website um, detailing how one of our episodes has, um, what's the word, has stimulated a bit of learning, reflection from yourselves and we will send you out one of our lovely certificates for yourself to download. Okay. I should say as well, sorry, that um, if anyone is considering doing a PhD and wants to chat about it, then I'm very happy for anyone to email me. Not that I'm I'm far from an expert, um, but I am happy to help if I can. You're, you're marketing a PhD support group, yeah? I don't think that's quite what I said. Um... <laughs> um... But I love research and I'd love for health visitors to be more active in research. I think it's really important. Yeah. It's got to be part of the solution in the future. So um, if I can be any part of that, then I'm happy to be. I think PhD peer support would be uh, oh very good. <laughs> I need to actually know what I'm doing myself first, Jenny, before I start supporting other people. But I'm just saying the application peer, process. Peer-to-peer support. Peer-to-peer support. You don't need to be an expert to <laughs> need support or be supported. Good. <laughs> okay. So there, offers there if anyone's interested. So thanks so much for listening, everyone, and hopefully you'll hear from some of you, and hopefully stimulated some excitement and budding academic Definitely. ideas out there. All right. Take care then. Bye for now. Bye.